Oh, hello, welcome to the second episode of the Supply Media Podcast. We're going to run through a bunch of topics today, including the uh, delay of all the Marvel movies, Ezra Miller assaulting some girl, Bob Iger saying that there's more Disney movies to go to streaming, AMC possibly going bankrupt, and then we're going to go through some spoiler reviews of The Clone Wars, Season 7, Episode 8, Together Again, and Westworld Season 3, Episode 4, The Mother of Exiles. If you want to just hear specific points, just jump around in the timestamps in the description. Otherwise, stay tuned for the whole podcast. All right, so first start with Marvel delaying all the movies. Now, of course, you know why they've delayed all the movies. Everyone knows. Captain America movie or Iron Man 2, and you thought Iron Man was going to die in it. I mean, it doesn't really change the way I view those movies at all. And it's obviously so, starring Scarlett Johansson, and I'm pretty excited to see Florence Pugh. I think she's quite a good actress. So obviously, because Black Widow took that November spot, the Eternals is moving back. So Eternals is now coming out on the 12th of February, 2021. Now, hopefully this movie adds a bit of variety to the MCU. Now, I'm not one of those people that thinks it's all just a homogenized glob and there's no variation in the movies. Can you honestly tell me that Ant-Man and the Wasp is the same movie as Captain America, the Winter Soldier? I mean, I don't think so. However, I do understand where some people are coming from when they think some of them are a bit samey. I can see how some people get annoyed by just the general tone and the quips and the whatever. However, I think it will add some variety just because it's obviously it'll be a lot more cosmic in nature than the, some of the other stuff. Now, the one I'm really looking forward to is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's coming out May 7th, 2021. I'm hoping the martial arts in this movie is absolutely incredible. The stuff that they could do with this movie would abs be absolutely great, so I hope they land it. And I really hope this movie isn't surrounded by politics. I don't care which side of the spectrum you're on, Marvel movies is not the place for political discussion. Whether you're someone who's upset that there's someone of Asian descent in the MCU, or whether you're Disney who's virtue signaling because you're such amazing heroes for putting in a person of Asian descent while you don't pay your staff any money, I, that's me. fine. But please, going to this movie, can it be not, please be not Captain Marvel 2.0. I couldn't stand that all over again. Yeah. Now, coming shortly after that movie is Spider-Man. Now, this movie was scheduled for the 16th of July, 2021, and it is going to remain on the 16th of July, 2021. Now, this is mainly due to the fact that I would think it's a Marvel slash Sony production. Now, obviously, we saw the uh, fight that they had last year and everyone freaking out that Spider-Man wasn't going to be in the MCU anymore. That movie's going to be coming two months after Shang-Chi, so that'll be good to see, and I'm really glad that's not delayed because I, I really want to know the result of what that cliffhanger at the end was, if you know what I'm talking about, with J.K. Simmons. That was absolutely fantastic, and I think that's a very interesting way for them to go with Spider-Man into the future. Following that, we've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming on the 5th of November, 2021. Now, as we know, Scott Derrickson was originally supposed to helm this, uh, but he was later fired for creative differences. What? From what is reported, he didn't really have much done. The movie, look, it's been delayed now, but originally it was going to come out halfway through uh, 2021. So I, I don't really understand how he's supposed to get that movie all together. Now, it's going to work in Mar Marvel's favour that it's been delayed, uh, and apparently Sam Raimi's going to take it over. Now, just with the Scott Derrickson firing, everyone was absolutely upset when he got fired, but I don't really understand because pretty much for the three years preceding firing, everyone just complained about how Doctor Strange was the most uneventful, uninteresting, throwaway Marvel movie ever since Thor ever The Dark World. So I, I don't really get why all of a sudden everyone was super fans of Scott Derrickson. I think he made a pretty mediocre movie, to be honest. But, you know, whatever you're into, I suppose. Then we got Thor Love and Thunder coming on the 18th of February 2022. Now, this has got Natalie Portman 
uh, is going to be Thor in it. Now, I'm not against a uh, female Thor, because there's been heaps of versions of Thor in the comics, you know, whatever. But Natalie Portman is the problem. Not because she's a woman, because it's Natalie Portman. I only liked Natalie Portman when I was, you know, six, watching her as Padme with the midriff. And she has been absolutely hating on the MCU basically ever since she got put into it. Now, I understand that her role really was pretty awful, and she could see that, and she didn't like being a part of it and whatever. But then they, then she comes back acting like she's some sort of massive mega fan, and she thinks, oh, Marvel's so fantastic, as soon as they give her uh, some big role. Now, we saw Alicia Vikander get jacked up uh, for Tomb Raider. I don't see Natalie Portman being very uh, convincing, but her in fight scenes, I, I, I don't see that at all. She was unconvincing in Star Wars, and I don't think she's going to be very convincing as Little Thor. With Black Panther 2, coming in the 6th of May 2022, this one I'm pretty excited for. The first one was fantastic, I think. However, it had a lot of shortcomings in a lot of different areas, like the CGI, not all the time, but in general, and then especially that final fight scene, it was genuinely awful. Genuinely awful CGI, so hopefully they can fix that up a bit this time. Uh, Ryan Coogler, I think, is a very good director. Uh, Creed and Fruitvale Station were very good. So I think hopefully this time he's going to be a bit more used to helming such a large-scale movie. Um, however, I would like it if he didn't incorporate memes into the script writing because by the time he'd written that what are those meme into the script and by the time the movie came out, it was the most overused, stupid meme in the world. And using memes in scripts I think is ridiculous because you basically just turn the movie into a walking cringe factory. But I'm pretty excited for Black Panther 2, and I know he probably won't be back in any real sense. Maybe he'll be in the spirit world, but I really hope Michael B. Jordan comes back. Because I think Killmonger was actually the best part of that movie. On the 8th of July, 2022, we've got Captain Marvel 2 coming. Now, hopefully this one's in the present day, and it's in space, but, you know, cooler than the space was in the first one. They're going to get different directors, thank God. I, I genuinely believe that that movie was bad because of the directors. I don't like Brie Larson, I think she's an incredibly annoying annoying person, but there's heaps of annoying actors and actresses in real life that are perfectly fine on screen. And I've watched her and stuff, and yeah, sure, she is better at doing that sort of doom and gloom portrayal role, but she has been good in other stuff where she's got a bit more charisma to her. So I think I, if they can find a good director for Captain Marvel 2, uh, Brie Larson will be perfectly acceptable, and that movie can be a hell of a lot better, because the last one was just so... It was basically the Doctor Strange of 2019. It was just there. It made bank because it was going into Egg Game and all the kids that I teach when I do uh, swim coaching, they were all talking about how they've got to see Captain Marvel before they see Egg Game and oh. So I think they've really sort of cemented that into the head that you've got to see each Marvel movie based off that because I didn't think you had to see it, but all the kids, I'm telling you, they really think you have to see every single one before you go to the next one. So I think that's mainly why it made uh, good money going into Endgame. Definitely wasn't the directors, they were awful. Now there's been no dates for Guardians 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp 3. I don't really know why people are complaining about there's going to be a third Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I think they're perfectly fine. No one expects them to be the godfather of the MCU. I don't want them to be the godfather of the MCU, because that means the other ones are doing awful. So, you know, watch them, I'll watch it once, I'll forget about what even happened in it. 
but I'll enjoy it for the one and a half hours it's on screen. So I think Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, you know, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. Blade, I'm extremely excited for. And Mahershala Ali is going to be Blade. If that's not the greatest casting in the MCU, other than Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and Chris Evans as Captain America, I don't, I don't know what is. Oh, and Tom Holland as Spider-Man. That was pretty great too. Certainly better than Mr. Garfield. Then we've got Deadpool 3. And I'm so excited for Deadpool 3. I think the second one wasn't as good as the first one, but I also think it was better than the first one in a bunch of different ways. I think the director, I think it was David Leitch who did Deadpool 2, I don't think he's the perfect fit um, for Deadpool 3, just because I don't think he's that good of a comedic director, because the action was awesome and better, I think, in Deadpool 2 than it was in Deadpool 1. But I don't think he's the best comedic director. And if you watch the Russo brothers break down how you're supposed to shoot comedy, they've got some really interesting points, and I don't think that would be entirely aware to all the directors that how you're supposed to shoot comedic scenes. So I think that it could be improved by either a different director or a co-director for Deadpool 3. That'd be good. Now, the TV shows apparently are remaining in the same time slots. However, I'm not really sure how this is going to affect the cohesion of the MCU. Like, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, will that be affected by the events of Black Widow? Because I imagine they're going to try and tie in Black Widow to something relevant coming up. I can't imagine that they're just throwing it back to Black Widow, we see what happens, and then that was it. Like, sure, a post credit scene has to have something to do with Falcon and the Winter Soldier or something coming up, and I can't see it being a part of the Eternals or Doctor Strange, so I think they must be tying it into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, up next we've got Ezra Miller. Now, this guy... Uh, has assaulted a maybe a fan, maybe just a hater, I don't know, but he's basically throttled a woman in a pub and if you've actually watched it, it was oh, it was one of the lamest assaults, if you know, you can even say that. The guy's a dweeb so it was just, oh, so he's throttled a fan, thrown them I suppose you could say, then the clip cuts out. Now I'm always a bit suspicious of those clips that are like 5-6 seconds long However, I don't think there's any excuse for you grabbing someone by the neck. Now, people say, like, oh, oh, there is actually some times where you could throttle someone. Yeah, sure, maybe, you know, home invasion, throttle the bloke. Okay, fine. But, we, I mean, we're talking about Ezra Miller here in a pub in, I think, it's Iceland or something. I doubt there's anything that, that's been said that would excuse him throttling a person, regardless of their gender. Now, I'm someone who actually does believe that, you know, throttling a woman is worse than throttling a man. Just, uh, was it justified? I, I can't see a way this could be justified. No, I haven't really heard anything about this. Ezra's not talked about it. That fan hasn't really talked about it. But I, you know, even if he, she said something to him, whatever, I don't think it's justified. However, I would like to hear more of the details so I really understand what really happened there because it seems rather random. Um, now, how does this affect his main roles? Obviously, there's the Flash... I don't like him as the Flash, so hopefully this is the excuse that Warner Brothers needed to sack him because they needed to even digitally replace his legs when he was running and he does that weird thing with his arms. He can't run, first of all, which, you know, which is a big problem with the Flash. I feel like you need someone who knows how to run. And I just think he's totally miscast. Now, I really like uh, most of the actors who were cast um, when Zack Snyder was sort of helming things. However, I... I think he was a swing and a miss. So hopefully he's sacked from being the Flash. I don't know what they'd do with him in Fantastic Beasts. Now, I'm look, I'm not as invested in Fantastic Beasts as I am in DC. However, I still am interested in it because I was an extremely big fan of the Harry Potter series. So 
I don't know what they're going to do with him there. However, I think that they will have to rework it. And now I'm actually hoping the stupid he's a Dumbledore thing at the end of Fantastic Bees, spoilers by the way, I think the stupid Dumbledore thing at the end, hopefully this will make JK rewrite what she was going to do if she in fact was going to make him a Dumbledore. Because I don't see how, first of all, that would even make sense, him being a Dumbledore. Um, that's just... You didn't have a plan, JK. You just made that up because you thought it sounded cool. So hopefully she rewrites that and get him out of the story. Because... Oh. So anyway, Ezra Miller, I hope he loses both jobs. I don't like him as an actor. I think he's pretty ordinary. And I really don't want him as The Flash. Uh, next up, we've got Bob Iger saying that the more Disney movies to streaming. Now, Disney Plus recently just put out that they've got 50 million subscribers. I'm not exactly sure what 50 million people are subscribing to. I imagine a lot of those have to do with deals, like uh, with your phone deals. They give you Disney Plus for a year for free and whatever. Because averaging 10 million subscribers a month for the first five months, that, that's ridiculous. That's almost a third of what Netflix has, and they've been, and they've been going forever. So that's quite remarkable, really. But anyway... I only watched The Clone Wars on there and The Simpsons, but if there's new episodes of The Clone Wars, I wouldn't be subscribed to it at the moment. And the only other thing I've watched on there is, of course, The Mandalorian. Now, they're going to put Artemis Fowl on there. They probably will put that one and only Ivan because the amount of movies that are going to be coming out in a short period of time that have been delayed, I don't see that making any money, and I don't think that would have made any money before. Uh, people are saying Soul might go on there. Soul is like a tentpole film for Pixar, in my belief, the way they've been marketing it. Marketing it. So, with how expensive it is as well, I really don't see them putting that on there. So, I don't really know what Bob Iger is talking about. I don't think it'll be anything worth of note. I also don't even think New Mutants will go on there. It seems a bit dark. Like, it seems a bit darker than uh, some of those X-Men movies that they've got on there as well. So, you know, New Mutants is cursed, but I don't really care about it. It looks awful. It's not going to go anywhere. Dark Phoenix was bad. It's, it's not going to be the Logan of the X-Men. Now, Disney would have been screwed if this had happened last year. Like, I think they made something like $11 billion at the box office last year. They had Frozen 2, Toy Story 4, The Lion King, Aladdin, Endgame, The Rise of Skywalker, regardless of how good you think that was. That was a crazy amount of films that made them absolutely amazing amounts of money. So they have lucked out that they did not have this last year. I mean, and we lucked out as well. If, if Endgame had been delayed, I, I think I would have cried for weeks. Now, the other thing I'm going to cover quickly is uh, AMC going bankrupt. This is quite ridiculous. They couldn't even survive for a few weeks without going bankrupt. Now, they're not already paying their rent for the spaces that they have. Their share price dropped 20% today. They only have a market cap of 271, so I would expect a takeover, maybe from Amazon people are talking about. Um, however, there may be some regulations stopping the takeover because I know Amazon is not necessarily a media company like Disney would be buying theatres. However, I mean, they do have Amazon Prime, so... I don't know if that affects how they would uh, overtake a theatre chain. However, we'll see if they do. Um, whoever runs AMC, you're an idiot. Um, now, we're going to get into some spoiler reviews of The Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 8, together again. Now, this story arc with the Martez sisters, Raffer and Trace. Now, it's not the worst thing in the Star Wars universe, but it just went on for way too long. I think this was a story arc that was for, like, three or four episodes. Oh just too long. This should have been maybe a one episode, maybe a one episode that's a bit longer than a normal episode story arc or something. Oh, this just went on for way too long. The two sisters are so dumb, especially Trace. They're always arguing all the time. 
they don't seem to understand almost anything. Trace dumping the spice out of the cargo ship, and then her not getting Ahsoka's plan in this uh, most recent episode, episode eight. She was like, oh, what do you mean that was her plan? Why would she sell us out like that? And then Rafa's got to explain to her how it was a part of the plan. I mean, was she dropped on her head as a child or what? Now, this dumbness does pay off at the end of the episode, uh, with the best line being, the Jedi used you both. How unfortunate your stupidity is so authentic. I actually laughed out loud at that. That was great. So at least they were self-aware on how dumb they were making them because it was unbearable sometimes. Now, one of the great bits of this episode introduced the new uh, Darth Maul story arc. Now, obviously, we knew Darth Maul was going to be coming in at some point based off the trailer. However, it shows that the uh, Pikes were working with him as a part of the Shadow Collective. Um, and then he threatens them with Crimson Dawn. So he was threatening, basically, members of the Shadow Collective that one member, Crimson Dawn, was going to attack the other. And then I was like, well, where's Death Watch? I was trying to remember if that what had happened to Death Watch in, if they were in Rebels or what had happened earlier in the Clone Wars. I couldn't quite remember. But at the end of the episode, we see that Death Watch is no longer part of the Shadow Collective and they invite Ahsoka to team up to take on Darth Maul. Now, I think that is going to be an extremely interesting storyline, so I hope that it pays off really nicely. Now, obviously, for those of you that don't really understand what the whole Shadow Collective Crimson Dawn Death Watch thing was, uh, Crimson Dawn was uh, that group of mercenaries who were part of the crime syndicate for Darth Maul in Solo, a generic story that just came out. Uh, Kira and Dryden Voss, you'll remember the guy who plays Vision in the MCU and obviously Khaleesi, Mother of Dragons, in Game of Thrones, Amelia Clarke playing Kira. So that's what that was all about, and that's how that ties in. Now, they hated her for being a Jedi, but there was, like, understandable, you sort of understood why they hated Ahsoka. Uh, but then at the end of the episode, all of a sudden, even Rafa comes around, and they all love each other. But hopefully we don't have to see those two sisters again. I, I really hope they're not a running thing for this final season of The Clone Wars. Because I think Clone Wars started off extremely well with the um, the Bad Batch. That was a great little story arc we had. And then I'd need more Anakin. Please, Lord, give us more Anakin and especially more Obi-Wan. Now, next time we've got Westworld Season 3, Episode 4, The Mother of Exiles. I think this was the best episode of the season. I think Episode 1 was great. I think Episode 2 was good. Episode 3 was also great. And then Episode 4, I think, was the best. So the weekend, apparently, now is classical music in this world. So we had this weird classical version of Wicked Games, so that was pretty cool. And then I think the best addition to this season has been Serac, and then we also see um, him coming with his Paris flashback when he was a kid. And you see Paris is on fire and these guys in suits uh, on the countryside where Serac is as a boy. Now, I don't know how they made Paris burning look so beautiful, but the showrunners of this show... Uh, Nolan's brother or whatever it is. They make everything look good, even st awful stuff. Now, the one thing about Serac that I really hope isn't true is there's this really big theory at the moment that the whole thing is a simulation and the world basically broke out into war and everything's destroyed or whatever and now everyone's living in a simulation. Unless they... Now, they could obviously change my mind with this if they do it really well or whatever. However, I really hope this whole thing isn't just a simulation and then... It becomes like the Matrix at the end or something. I don't think that'll be a very interesting or original way for the story to go. Now, obviously, the best part of this episode, though, was the Dolores reveal with uh, Charlotte Hale, Musashi, and then, obviously, we already knew that Connells um, was a host that Dolores made, but turns out they're all Dolores's. Dolores's? Dolores's. Dolores's. 
So basically we see Maeve break into the Japanese crime syndicate, uh, remarkably still in power, even though they still use katanas. And then obviously with Charlotte Hale, it sort of explains why she's been a bit weird. I, I couldn't really understand if they were saying that last episode, or maybe it was the episode before, Charlotte Hale was talking about how she's trying to get out of being Charlotte Hale. I couldn't really understand what that was all about. So with Charlotte Hale, Musashi, Connells, and Dolores all being a version of Dolores, this will be very interesting to see how this goes. Um, Luke Hemsworth, I don't actually know his character's name, with Bernard, that looks like it'd be going somewhere interesting. They try to foil Dolores, but obviously Dolores comes through in the end. And I'm still trying to work out if Tessa Thompson is a good actress. She's in so much stuff, she can be really good, and then sometimes she she can be a bit and her delivery is a bit, it's a bit crap. But anyway, um, we also see the man in white. Obviously the man in black, and then he goes crazy. Now, we hadn't seen him for ages. Um, so thankfully he was back in this episode, but obviously he's trying to question his own reality. He's going a bit crazy. I Dolores. think Dolores is putting ver uh, visions in his head. Because you know how Charlotte, well, I guess Dolores, but I'm going to call her Charlotte, uh, pricks him in the side. So I think he put, I think she put the vision of Dolores that we later see inside the mental institution, inside his head. But yeah, the man in black is going crazy and he's now the man in white. The man in white. Of course, he must be the hired professional of whom they spoke. He failed to thwart my escape into the outside world, and now, one year hence, he's returning to rectify his mistake and <gasps> put me back in the womb. Overall, I think this was an extremely good episode, and I think the more simplistic, without it being too dumb, of course, uh, style of storytelling that Westworld's done this season is much better than last season. Last, last season was just unnecessarily convoluted. Like, people go, oh, you, you're just too dumb to get it. No, I got it. But there wasn't any reason it had to be told out of order. It didn't really feel like, and it didn't really pay off too much like it did in the first season, where everything out of order really paid off. Like, he found out that uh, Jimmy Stimson, or whatever that actor's name is, uh, was actually the man in black, and all that stuff worked really well in the first season. I just don't think it worked that well in the last season. Yeah, well, let me know what your thoughts on all these topics, basically, were uh, in the comments. Subscribe for more content like this. I'll be putting out videos multiple times a week and podcasts multiple times a week. So please make sure you stay tuned for that. Like the uh, video if you liked it. Dislike it if you didn't like it. I'll see you next time. Thank you for watching.